Jesus, as we wait for you, we celebrate that you have come and we await you to come again. Give us the faith and the hope that we'll see in Zechariah and Elizabeth. Give that to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Curious, how many of you ventured out and waited in a line in the past couple of days? At like four or five in the morning, six, any early, early birds? Ah, a few hands. Oh, good, good. Good to see the honesty. <laughs> Was it worth it? Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Waiting. We do a lot of it, don't we? You wait to buy groceries. You wait for your food at, at a restaurant. You wait at the bank. You wait at traffic lights. You, you wait for friends to call or, or results of a test to come back. You, we took our kids to see Frozen 2 on, on Friday and there were 25 minutes of previews to before we could see the actual movie, which is a long time for a two-year-old. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, are we going to make it? We wait, right, for a lot of things. You wait for flowers to bloom, for your gardens to, to grow, for, for babies to be born and children to mature. We spend a lot of time waiting. Guess how long in the average day it is said that we wait for things? Upwards of? A whole hour, which means if, if you are 70 years old, you've spent three years of your life waiting. Sounds great, right? <laughs> yes, waiting is a big part of our lives, but it's also a big part of our faith. You could even say faith is waiting. The Bible talks that way, waiting for God to make do on his promises, and yet it's hard because waiting's hard and faith at times is hard. And so many times in God's word, he calls on his people to wait. Advent means waiting, waiting for Christmas, waiting for, for a Savior, waiting, well, in New Testament day, in Zechariah and Elizabeth, who will meet, waiting for that Savior to come, but also waiting for their prayers to be answered. So today, we meet Zechariah and Elizabeth and see how they waited and you might know their story well. They were devout and righteous, is what God's word said, but had no children. And th those things are put together for a reason, because people might conclude, if God doesn't answer your prayers, or things don't go the way you want, maybe God's mad at you and you're doing something wrong. But it's all together, it says they were devout and righteous, walking blamelessly in the ways of the Lord, and yet had no children, which meant they were waiting on God for a long time time. They prayed and waited for a baby that never came. And it wasn't just the joy of having children that they wanted, it's that in their day, children were a necessity for carrying out household duties, to get life done, whether it's farming or, or tools or, or different making things. Living was hard, and it took working hands, and you don't have children, you don't have help, and life is even harder But for Zechariah and Elizabeth, they simply waited. What about you? When have you waited on God for a long time? When have you prayed for something for a really long time and God just didn't seem to answer? Or maybe God did answer and the answer was no. When have you waited on God a long time and how? How did you wait? Did you trust God patiently? Trust God impatiently? Or at some point say, God, I, I'm not so sure about you, I, I, we're done, I'm doing my own thing. 
for Zechariah and Elizabeth, we're told they are devout and righteous. They're waiting. Their hearts are, are broken and, and empty, and, and their arms are empty, yet they haven't lost hope. How do they do that? They haven't said, God, we're done with you. And as they watched their, their friends and neighbors have kids when they were young, they, they waited and prayed. And then their friends' kids grew up, and then they became, their friends became grandparents, but not them. Yet they refused to give up on God. They waited and hoped. And at some point, I'm sure they thought, well, our prayer probably won't be answered in our lifetime the way we want. And yet even then they concluded that God is still good and God still loves us because they kept obeying God and believing. They still trusted that God loved them and God was worth obeying. Why? What causes some people to still trust God even when they have a hard life? Or what causes people to trust God even when their prayers seem unanswered? What causes people to have hope when so many things around them might look hopeless? What matters, I think, is this. Is what you trust in actually trustworthy? Quite simple. Is what you trust in actually trustworthy? Are you trusting in something or someone who's actually reliable, who actually has a proven track record of making good on what they say, of keeping their promises, are they trustworthy? And Zechariah knew God. And they knew God was trustworthy. Even when their own life and their own experiences might tell them otherwise. They knew what God was like. They knew God was trustworthy. Even when they were waiting a long time, and even if their prayer would never be answered the way they wanted. They knew they knew that God promised a Savior way back in the garden to Adam and Eve when they first disobeyed God and everything, came, everything of God's perfection came crashing down. God was still gracious in that moment and promised a Savior, yet it was thousands of years in the making. They waited because they knew God keeps his promises. They knew that God kept his promise to Noah to save his people. They knew that God kept his promise to Abraham who also was old with no children, and then comes Isaac and Jacob and a great nation of which they're a part of. And they knew that God kept his promise to his people who were slaves in, in Egypt for hundreds of years, and God says, I have heard the cry of my people, and I've come to save them. And God sends a Savior, Moses, but not the Savior. They knew how God keeps his promises, even if God isn't on time, even if God seems late, and even if God's people wait and pray a really long time, they knew that God is trustworthy. God had kept his promises, even though the Savior still hadn't come. And yet, at the right time, in the right way, in the right place, they knew God would be faithful. Zechariah's son, who, who we heard the angel in dramatic fashion, by the way, in the temple serving, and which is once-in-a-lifetime experience for him to, to be in that moment. And there God sends Gabriel to appear to him and say, you're going to have a son, and his name's going to be John, and he's going to be the snowplow to clear the way in people's hearts, to believe in the Savior. He is coming now to save you. God might seem late, but God keeps his promises. God has a track record of keeping his promises and of saving his people. And right here, God was getting ready to use Zechariah and Elizabeth to be part of God's saving story. 
And so then our story ends, what we read today with Elizabeth being pregnant with baby John, the forerunner to Jesus, the long, Jesus, the long-awaited Savior, who would finally come to rescue all of us on the cross, and their child for whom they waited and prayed for decades would be the one to clear the way. And oddly enough, in that one person, John, God answered two prayers. Zechariah and Elizabeth's long prayer for a child, God answered in John. And Israel's long prayer for God to come and save his people and send the Savior. And God starts clearing that path all in one person. You see, God is able to do far more than what we ask or imagine. And then in faith, you get all the way down to verse 25, and Elizabeth says these great words of faith, Thus the Lord has done for me. In the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among people, she says, God has done this for me. After all the, the years and all the pain and all, all the tears and, and all the emptiness, she, she says, God has done this for me. God is faithful. And I wonder about you and me this morning. Can you look at your life and say, God has done this for me. God has been good to me. God has been faithful to me. Or can you look at Jesus, the baby coming to be born in a manger, can you say, God has done this for me? And can you look at Jesus being born a needy child to Mary and Joseph and say, God has done this for me? And can you look at God becoming flesh, coming to earth, dying on a cross for you to save you? Can you look at that and say, God has done that for me? God will keep his promise. So whatever you're waiting for this morning, God might seem late, but God keeps his promises. And whatever you've been praying about for a long time, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, God might seem late, but God keeps his promises. Or whatever you've been impatiently trusting God about and maybe ready to jump ship here, God might seem late, but he keeps his promises. God might seem late, but God keeps his promises. And take it from Zechariah and Elizabeth, waiting on God is worth it. Amen.